It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Could the Dallas Cowboys sign Julio Jones or Will Fuller in free agency to solve their wide receiver need? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys. Your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. I feel a little bit left out because uh, I don't have a Coke Zero take, which apparently I just threw mine all, away, actually. I just finished just, it's it. It's all the rage. Yeah, <laughs> apparently everybody's been drinking Coke Zeros and no one told me about it. So, uh, uh, but I feel good. I, you know, it's Friday. Uh, I'm excited to take a, a rare kind of questions Friday, which is nice. So it's it's a it's a nice little double whammy of of, of exciting news for us. Uh, we have so we're going to get to your Twitter questions, uh, but before we do that, I should address a tweet that I sent out today that people are shocked about. I don't know if you saw oh, this. No. Landon. Oh no! Oh no! We were talking about the the best short yardage running backs of all time uh, on mm. Twitter. Which, by the way, do you ha- do you have a name that you want to mention? I, you know, I, a lot of people like Marion Barber. Marion Barber, I think. I mean, honestly, Emmett Smith was exceptional at it. Like, just because he understood yeah. how yeah. not to take on direct hits, and and for a guy that was short and wide, was really good at kind of getting skinny and slick, and, and has low center of gravity. So that was one of his very uh, uh, big yeah. superpowers. He's really was really good. John, uh, Allstott, uh, the kid, that Mike guy Allstott. from uh, yep. Mike Allstott from uh, from uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Who who who'd you say? 
I said Zach Crockett of the Raiders, who was like a fullback wow. slash running back for them, who was really good. Uh, but, so I, but I did this podcast with Elliot Harrison for the Power Rankings show, and he mentioned Marcus Allen. And I had to tell people on Twitter, I'm, I'm sure I told you this before, that Marcus Allen is actually who I was named after. And people started to put the connection together that I was named after a running back, which is why uh, And I saw several tweets out there. Yes, every villain has his origin story. So I, I get what? it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like huge breaking news on the Locked on Cowboys yeah. podcast. Wow. Marcus was named after a run- that is yeah, a, isn't that a, sad? A it actually origin story. It, it, even Marcus Allen kind of played a little bit of fullback early on in his career. So I was named after a hybrid running back fullback. So. Wow. I mean, all you needed is to fall into a tank of radioactive material and uh, you've got yourself a full fledged uh, origin story, buddy. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. My dad was a <laughs> big Marcus Allen fan. Uh, Your dad thought that running backs mattered. Apparently, apparently you know? he did. He, yeah. He, he, yeah. He tried to warn me against uh, making this my brand a long time ago. It didn't, didn't really work, but it didn't take. Oh, well. hmm. uh, all right. Let's get to uh, your guys' Twitter questions. And the first question comes from Will. He wants to know, would you guys rather sign Will Fuller or Julio Jones for the first four to six games of the season until Michael Gallup comes back? Now, we did hear Stephen Jones a few weeks ago say that the Cowboys will be active in free agency post-draft. It's post-draft now. There are a lot of receivers available, including Odell, Julio, Will Fuller. Do any of these guys interest you as kind of a short-term solution for the Cowboys? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think if you're looking at signing a guy to come in and you know, kind of just help you ease into the season while you're waiting for Gallup to get healthy. You're waiting for Tolbert to kind of get up to speed. We've talked about it before. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I think, I mean, all those names you mentioned make a lot of sense. I mean, maybe not uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Cause I feel like he'll likely want something more than kind of just a prove it deal or a one. And he's coming deal, off right? an injury as well. Right. He kind of, yeah, it's not, so, you need to play right away. Right. Not yeah. Odell who you're waiting on. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole point is that you're waiting on Gallup and Tolbert. So why would you sign Odell to wait on him as well? Yeah. I, I think that it's Fuller. It's it's Jones. You know, I think Fuller makes a lot of sense simply in the sense that, you know, he's got a speed element you're looking for. Uh, you know, the issue with him is, is the ticking time clock. Like how long could he be on the field and be active before he's going to get injured again or there's going to be some kind of problem? I, I think that you could you know, sign him, hope to, you know, kind of just keep him, keep him in bubble wrap for a little while and then roll him out there for week one, week two, week three, see what you get. Hopefully by then Gallup's come back. And then, you know, you could really kind of greatly reduce his snap count uh, and kind of use him in, 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 uh, you know, specific situations. And he gives an element to your team that you might not have otherwise. I think with Julio Jones, I mean, obviously Julio Jones is a hall of famer, a, 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 an elite uh, wide receiver at different points uh, of his career, an MVP candidate at the wide receiver position right. at different points. Uh, you know, he's clearly uh, uh, slowed down a little bit. And the where his game is right now, um, you know, it's not terribly different than I think what you, you already have in some ways, except less dynamic, right? Yeah. So I think that Fuller Fuller makes a little bit more sense just because uh, and it adds an extra element in there. And then even after you may not need to use him as much because people are getting healthy, he still could be on the roster as a uh, another Fourth dimension receiver. to your right. offense. Yeah, that would be really, really valuable to have. So uh, I would say Fuller makes a lot, a little more sense than, than Julio Jones. But I think that both, if they're healthy, 
makes sense as kind of a, a stopgap early season uh, uh, kind of situation. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Will Fuller's the guy that I'm most interested in, partly because I think the price is going to be pretty cheap. I think he gives you something the rest of the offense doesn't have. And actually, I went back and looked at like the injury history over the last couple of years. It's not as bad as you would think. So in 2020, he played 11 games, and then he gets suspended at the end of the season for six games because of, I believe it was PEDs, okay? So yeah. he didn't miss any time that season due to injuries, which is great. He had a one-game suspension, you know, following uh, starting in the 2021 season, which he served. And then in week four, he broke his finger, and it put him on the IR for the rest of the season. That kind of stuff happens, right? It's it's not a soft tissue thing where he's constantly dealing with hamstrings. Uh, his last knee injury was in twenty, I believe, twenty eighteen is when he tore his ACL. So he's well, kind of beyond that. I don't know. I, I he's going to miss time. Like I, I've got no doubts about that. But I don't think he's so injured that I he can't provide value early in the season. I, I don't want to speculate on stuff like this because I hate it. But I do think that there is also kind of a locker room issue with him at times and you know so i think that there is some other stuff there but again like there's not a reason that you can't work around that you're not relying on this guy to be a, a huge component of your offense he's basically a stopgap for some other guys and then you know if things work out and everything's cool then you know he could be useful later on in the season yeah. as well so uh those, I'm just I mean, curious why these guys like, are on the market, right? Like, yeah, and I'm the, curious you know. when a signing like this would happen. Like, do you need to sign Will Fuller now, or do you wait until you get to training camp and you, you know, you kind of see what the rest of your receivers like, or are you well, worried that somebody else is going to scoop them up? I, I don't know, but I do think Fuller is a guy that would make a lot of sense for the Cowboys for the first. Let's say you just need him for four weeks, the first month of the season. I think he would fit pretty well. I think, you know, with this sort of situation, the you know, the fandom is incredibly impatient here because they just see that the guy's available. We need to get him before he's not available. Uh, and, and you know, and, and, and that's the kind of push here. I think for the teams themselves, they have an idea of what's going on with these players. I think if they're interested in them, they're in contact with their agents. They have an idea usually what the market is, what their interest is. Some of these guys may not be interested in signing deals until yeah. training camp or beyond because they don't want to deal with OTAs or – I wouldn't camp. be surprised and, if that's the case for both these guys. From yeah, just kind of rumblings over the last couple of years, I don't I don't know if Julio and Will Fuller love practice. I mean, yeah. Again, there's a reason why, you know, and listen, we, we had one of those wide receivers recently who didn't love practice. And, and, and I think, you know, it's, it, there's a reason why these guys are still on the, on the, on the market. Uh, and it's not only because of, you know, team interest. I think the teams are interested. I think that there are specifics here and I will add in this other thing too. I don't think the Cowboys necessarily want or need these guys in training camp, right? Like they want to see what these young receivers can do. They want to sure. give those young receivers they want as, Tolbert many to take as many snaps as possible, right? Yeah. I mean, Will uh, Fuller and, and especially Julio Jones, they don't need training camp snaps no. to go out there and play week one. You get them ready two weeks before the week one, you get them practicing. They'll be ready for week one to play. These rookies need these snaps. And, yeah. and that's why signing these guys so that you can what like have them show up at the mini camp. It just doesn't make a ton of sense for the Cowboys because they want to give every single one of those reps to the young guys so they can see if they can improve to the point where they don't need Will Fuller or they don't need Julio Jones. Because if Tolbert really, you know, has an accelerated learning curve and, and looks great, you may not need to sign those guys. Yeah. 
it's possible. And uh, these guys, because they're veterans too, the vet minimum's higher. You might not want to guarantee their salary. So this would yeah. even be shocked if this is one or two of these guys are available after week one and you're kind of signing them week by week. We'll see. All right, let's uh, take a quick, quick break so we can tell you guys about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, next question. This one from Zach. Which position group are you the most worried about going into training camp? Hmm. The most worried about... Do you have one in particular? Yeah, Yeah. for me, it's linebacker. It's like because there's just not a lot of depth there. We don't know what's the status of Jabril Cox, how healthy he is. Leighton Van Der Esch played almost every game last year. He might even played all of them, but he is still a high risk player to get injured, right? And to miss time. If something were to happen to Van Der Esch, and let's even just say it's a somewhat minor injury, he misses the first four games of the season or something like that. They just don't have a lot of linebacker depth. They've got guys that they like, you know, down roster that maybe long term could give you some hope. But they're I'm not sure they've got more than one starting linebacker outside of Michael Parsons and Van Rush on this team. Yeah, I mean, I think part of this, like you mentioned, is that we don't really know what Cox's status is right now, uh, where you know where he is on some of this. Gifford is obviously the guy that they would be relying on, I think, and that's you know not something you want to do on, for a long term basis. Yeah. You know, linebacker is also a position that if you needed to, you could sign a guy off the street uh, and and probably bring him in and, and get decent you know play from here if you had to. But I agree, as far as where the the, the roster stands right now, linebacker does seem to be the one that. You know, if we were playing games right now and, and there was an injury, that there that would be a problem. Uh, you know, I think the another position is is you know just because we haven't seen it yet, I would like I, I have a lot of questions about the offensive line. I just would yeah. like to see kind of how they are all performing. I, I think that uh, I think that the group that they've got will work is good, uh, but it would be nice to kind of it will be nice when we kind of can see them all perform together and yep. see exactly what you have in Tyler Smith. There's just a lot of unknown there. Uh, all right. This next question kind of ties right into that. This one from Jesus. He wants to know what happens if Tyler Smith can't beat out Connor McGovern at left guard to start the season. Uh, Tyler Smith becomes the backup left tackle. I, I, I mean, I don't, I think I mean that would be a bad that would not, be a bad situation if you spend a first round pick on a guy that can't can't crack your starting lineup. I you know I, I don't know that it's the end of the world. You don't lose touchdowns because of it. Like it's, it's not no, ideal, it's but I mean not like, a good sign of where your first round pick is at. You know, 
unless it's a really good sign of where your third round pick is at. Like, I, I think it depends on the, uh, on the situation. Okay, is well, Tyler Smith a disaster and like he's not doing well, or that's, that's are they both are they both point. playing well and and suddenly Connor McGovern is playing up to his original billing and and you know uh, like All right, I guess let me, the let me, question let me, is let me, let's 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 put it this way. It, let's say they drafted Tyler Smith and Connor Williams was still here, right? And and Tyler Smith was having a hard time beating out Connor Williams initially out of training camp. Would you set off fire alarms at that point? No, that wouldn't be surprising. Okay, now now second part of that, if Connor McGovern took another year of development and was as good as Connor Williams at left guard, let's say the would that surprise you? A little bit, but I see what you're getting at. Now let me ask you this though, because of the contract situation, right, where you have five years of control under Tyler Smith or one year of control under Connor McGovern, you would think that the Cowboys are going to opt to play Smith considering they have more draft capital invested in them and they've got a longer contract. So how much better would Connor McGovern need to be in training camp and in the preseason at left guard than Tyler Smith to earn that left guard, you know, that starting left guard spot? Because if they're equal, they're going to play Smith, right? If it's the if it's the case that they're both playing well and there's a competitive situation, then I would say that that McGovern needed to be pretty significantly better than than yeah. Tyler Smith. If there's a case that one of them, like specifically Tyler Smith, is struggling to the point where like they can't even put him on the field, it's going to affect your offense. Yeah. yeah. So I guess if the question is if Tyler Smith is very bad, is that bad? The answer is yes. That is yeah. very bad. I mean, but uh, it, w- Connor McGovern beating Tyler Smith out, uh, I mean, that may that may not necessarily be a bad thing if suddenly Connor McGovern, you know, spent the offseason becoming a, a nail so, nail eater and, and is a, like an all-pro left guard suddenly. So I just don't know how realistic that is, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, certainly. I mean, I, I think – you know, we're 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 bouting, banting about hypotheticals here. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how realistic it is that Tyler Smith is so bad that he can't crack the starting lineup. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question from Robbie. He wants to know, and this is how I know fantasy football season is getting close because a lot of people mm-hmm. want to know that how many touches are Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard going to get. But they want to know how do you think the Cowboys will handle the backfield touches? Many are starting to think that it will split closer to 50-50, while other point. Others have pointed out that Zeke's knee uh, was the reason for the snap production. How do you think it's going to go? Well, I think that I think the carries are probably you know going to be close to what they were last year, maybe maybe closer to 50-50. But I think that the difference will be the uptick in 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 touches for for Pollard. I would think so specifically. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that like you're talking about necessarily reducing a bunch of Zeke's touches to give to Pollard as much as taking some of uh, Cooper's touches uh, and giving them to Pollard and taking sure. you know some touches here and there. I think they want to get Pollard more involved in the offense, but I don't know that that always has to be at the expense of Zeke. That may that may be a reduction in in snaps for Zeke, but I think that they are they are i do think that they are in the 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 market to try to give pollard a lot more touches i just think it's going to be a lot more in the passing game yeah i still think zeke is probably good for 275 touches this year around that mark i bet and i bet pollard's at i don't know what do you think 125 carries maybe 40 to 50 receptions yeah i think that's fair Maybe yeah. Pollard gets more touches than that. I mean, more carries than that. I, I uh, think Pollard probably gets more carries, like probably closer to 
150, you know, like when, you know, I, I, I think that if you look at like, so Pollard got 130 last year. Yeah. So it, yeah, he was banged up a little bit at the end of the season, yeah. with the planter fast. Yeah. I, I think 150 to 175 feels about right for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that makes sense too. I, I would, I would go with that. And again, an uptick in, in the receptions, 40 to 50 touches receptions. That's a lot. So the Cowboys have, good. Yeah, yeah, which is good. The Cowboys have scaled back Zeke's touches over the last four years. 2018, 381. 2019, 355. 2020, 296. 2021, 284. I, I really think that the number that the Cowboys probably should be aiming for is 250. Right? Like, let's try yeah. to keep them around that amount. Yeah, because, I mean, despite, you know, some of the poo-pooing by some folks that, you know, are named after running backs, ironically, uh, you know, at times when he was healthy, like he looked good last year I, I, when he was carrying the ball. It was after the PCL and they kept yeah. forcing him into the lineup that he really started to fall off the cliff and that you felt like, you know, you felt like there was a resurgence to a certain point with Zeke and then he gets yeah. a PCL injury and then it, it just kind of falls off. So that's why I don't, you know, like the talk about him hitting 22 miles per hour on the on the uh, on the GPS and then in, in some of the videos we're seeing, I, I don't, you know, I believe that stuff because what we saw from him early in the season was a very kind of thinner, quicker, yes. more refreshed Zeke, yeah. uh, more explosive Zeke. And then as the PCL injury happened, as some other stuff happened, that kind of went away. So maybe the idea is less touches, kind of keep both of these guys fresh. And I think we should also add in, they like Rico Dowdle a lot. He's going to be on the roster, I think, because he's going to play a lot of special teams if, if he comes back healthy and, and, and you know, plays well i wouldn't be surprised that they wouldn't throw throw him in to get a couple of carries here yeah. just to kind of keep those other two guys fresh as well so ezekiel Elliott in the first eight games of the season when he played well he almost averaged five yards a carry in the first yeah. uh two months of the season he was averaging 16 carries a game and 2.9 receptions so you know 19 touches i think that's about right i maybe even go yeah. a little bit lower i mean you're talking about one or two touches a game it's not a big deal but i think between 17 and 19 touches is probably the right amount and then you have tony pollard touch the ball 12 to 14 times you know and i you can do that with eight carries four receptions two kick returns like i think that's that feels about right and we got to remember guys like you know th this is not how teams look at distributing the ball like i mean they, they want a range right but they're not right. like Zeke's once you hit seven. 19 you're done right yeah. you don't look zeke's way in, in the route progression because right. he's reached to his max touches like it's it's it, the game flow obviously dictates a lot of this but i do think that they kind of have a, a general idea of the number of general touches they would like I, to get each one of these i guys. just would like to see the cowboys monitor this a little bit yeah. right like i think that they are i think that is one thing that we could say that mike mccarthy has done a lot better job yeah. than i think players and the other people have in the past you can say a lot of things about mike mccarthy but I think that by the end of the season, he had the team healthy and ready to play in the playoffs. Like, yeah. he, I think they did a very good job as a team of kind of regulating the group, making sure the touches were right, making sure that everyone was healthy for the point of the season that they really needed to be. Uh, it was just, unfortunately, yeah. it didn't work out the way they wanted. Yeah, I, I just don't think we need to see the 25, 27 touch games anymore from Ezekiel Elliott because, number one, it's not good for him by the end of the season. And number two, you've got somebody else in your team that's just as good, if not better. And, yeah, I just said that. You want to make sure that the touches are somewhat evenly distri uh, distributed. So we'll see. We'll see how the Cowboys decide to 
use their running backs this season. Uh, all right, let's take one more quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar and their uh, brand new product, Brownie Batter Puffs. Mm. I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie Batter. Uh, my wife makes really, really good brownies, and I'm still a little bit of a kid. She'll let me you know, take a, a little uh, <laughs> spatula and clean it off, right? Uh, but oh if you gosh. like brownies and brownie batter as much as I do, you're in luck because Built Bar has a brand new product uh, with brownie batter puffs. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any single day. Uh, plus, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And Landon, I don't know if you knew this, but you're getting a brand new pack of uh, brownie, batter, brownie batter puffs, I believe, this weekend. Because mine oh, just I'm came excited. in today. I'm, I'm so excited should, for that. Be... I haven't gotten them yet. I'm excited. Yeah, it's a really good time. Uh, go to build.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, last one. Uh, Alex wants to know, there's a reported contract offer out there for Dalton Schultz, the Cowboys tight end. How much money do you think it's for, and what would be the ideal price here? So I, I don't want to necessarily talk about guarantees and years and that stuff, but like uh, around how much per year do you, would you be comfortable paying Dalton Schultz? Well, I might need some assistance here. What What's the current uh, uh, tag? Yeah, I got you. It's $11 so, million? Uh, it's ten point nine million. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's your starting. Yes. Your starting kind of salvo, right? Uh, and, so I think. And I can give you some you, other contracts just to. Yeah, yeah, please. The highest one right now is George Kittle, fifteen million dollars a year. Travis Kelsey, fourteen million a year. Mark Andrews just signed a deal that was fourteen million dollars a year. Last year, Hunter Henry and John Smith basically signed the exact same deal, twelve point five million a year. That's wow, kind of perfect. Yeah, so thirteen saying, million kind of is exactly what we need to pay, right? Like, cause if, yeah. I feel like they're bet he's better and more reliable than Johnny Smith and those guys. Like, uh, I think he's not quite at the Mark Andrews. I agree. Uh, 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 level. So right, I'll fit you right in there. At thirteen million would be would be great. That's two million more than what you're making off of the the salary cap. You know, I think he's a high end, versatile uh, two way tight end. I, I don't think he's the elite guy, but I think he's a guy that you can win with for sure. He's not going to be the focus of your offense, but you'd rather have him than not have him next year, as far as at least as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I would probably. Say. The tight end market is so weird though, because yeah, it really. Is. How how are George Kittle and Travis Kelsey making fourteen and fifteen million dollars a year, but the wide receivers are making twenty seven? Those guys are just as good, if not better. And then the other tight ends last year that signed contracts, and even this year, Logan Thomas signed a deal that paid him $8 million a year. Will Disley paid a deal that was $8 million a year. Darren Waller, $7.5 million. Tyler Conklin, $6 million. Austin Hooper, $6 million. Ian Thomas, $5.5 million. Or, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Logan Thomas, $5.5 million. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird to me why these tight ends are so underpaid. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it has to do with, the, uh, you know, the the versatility in which they're used, you know, by teams. I think teams specifically, you know, use tight ends very differently and they val- because of that, they value them very differently. So the market isn't quite as strong for tight ends because there's just not a lot of teams. There's not as many teams uh, that are, you know, vying for those kind of services the way that there are for wide receivers. Every team needs a top end yeah. wide receiver. Like, no, there is there's no offense really that doesn't feature a, a wide receiver that is somehow at least trying to provide for the, the rest of your wide receiver core, you know, with tight ends, it's like, there are definitely teams that don't use a lot of tight ends that, or that when they do, they use them for blocking mostly. Um, and, and so they just don't value the position and the versatility there. They can get someone who can do one of, or the other of blocking and receiving and pay them, you know, half the cost of some of these top end guys. So uh, that's why I think the tight end market is kind of, all over the place. And then I think beyond that too, it's, it's, it's weird. The other side of it too, is that it's, it's difficult to develop tight ends. So, you know, it's like, and you really only need one big money tight end on your team. Like, in fact, most teams don't even necessarily need that one. You can have multiple big money wide receivers on your team. uh, And, you know, that's something that again, is just going to increase the, the market for wide receivers overall. So if I gave you like, four years 52 million so that's an average of 13 million and maybe there's some incentives in there so that's really like 12 million a year sounds good to you yeah i think it does because 30 million dollars guaranteed the, the cowboys you know use the tight end position so much uh, as such a, a part of their offense i yeah. think that, that those numbers are reasonable for a guy that is one of the tops in the league i mean not top three but top seven right yeah top and i think I mean, he's 26 now, so that you you'd pay him basically through his age 29 season, 26, 27, yeah, through the age 29 season, and hopefully by that point, either Jake Ferguson has developed, um, Sean McEwen becomes the next Gronkowski, something like that, right? Yeah, Sean McEwen becomes the next one. Give me a break. I'm looking around for a, a hammer to hit myself in the head. Well, I just say, uh, don't, don't be shocked if Sean McEwen turns out to be good. I, 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 you should I be shocked if Sean McEwen turns into, into uh, Travis Kelsey or, or well, Gronkowski. Just, yeah. I heard Travis <laughs> I Kelsey say he models his game after Sean McEwen. So. I, I think that uh, – <laughs> you, you need to lay off the Coke Zero. I think that, uh, I think that uh, you – you, you hope that his game is going to age well. So you I think, I mean, will. like, that's the thing. I think it will. And I think tight ends usually do. And I think, you know, the way he plays, especially will. So uh, I think you're going to get good value on a contract like that. And you'll get all the value out of it. And and, and then decided 29, do you want to re-sign him? Or do you want to see where Ferguson we'll is? Or can we stop the McEwen train uh, from, from <laughs> rolling over the rest of the depth chart at tight end? We'll see it, but I, I think that's a good strategy. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the deal the Cowboys have on the table, and maybe it's even a little bit less, and they're w- willing to wiggle around a little bit there. But that's that's kind of where I assume the Cowboys yeah. are looking at. So, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Now, make Locked On NFL your second listen. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Lockdown NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans. So make sure you subscribe to Lockdown NFL and on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you check us out, check us out on YouTube at Lockdown Cowboys. Follow us on Twitter 
Uh, again, at Lockdown Cowboys over there. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time. Go enjoy some Coke Zero, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.